0: Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater.
1: They're at Colossae, but they're in Christ. Which of those things is the bigger thing to them? This is the question we ask every day. Listen, you're
0: at... Today's message, Changed by Celebration, comes from Colossians chapter 1. We'll also hear testimonies of lives changed by the ministry of Celebrate Recovery.
2: I was at the lowest of low when I came here. So I
0: lived one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. People think of recovery and they're like,
3: oh, well, you got to have an addiction or some sort of substance abuse problem to be a part of that. But that couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Here's Pastor Randy after the reading of God's Word.
1: If you would open your Bibles up to a new book and stay standing, this morning we got some testimonies from our CR group and Therese Reinhardt who um, we continue to pray for her husband who's deployed right now. Uh, Remember them in your prayers. Therese is one of our leaders of this, and she is gonna read scripture for us from the book of Colossians chapter one. We're gonna begin at the 15th verse.
4: He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consistent. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on the earth or things in the heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight.
1: May God bless the reading of his word, and you guys can be seated. So, uh, by the way, Therese teaches at Phoenix High School, uh, one of many educators that are here. I was at a meeting this week uh, for Archer High School and leadership there, and and someone asked me if education is important to my church, and I said, I think a quarter of the people that come here are tied into the schools in some way, so thank all of you. Uh, I'm excited about this, this next series that we're doing. And by the way, there's daily emails that go out. And what I'm gonna do on Sundays is really the highlight of what you've been reading all along. So you can sign up for those. There's, there's notes there in your bulletin, a, a QR code of how you can do that. We're gonna talk about this story beginning at verse one of chapter one of the book of Colossians. And this is what it says, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, so he's got someone with him, to the saints and faithful brothers. Now watch this, and you might wanna underline these two prepositions, in Christ at Colossi. In Christ at Colossi, grace to you and peace from God our Father. This is uh, There's a map in your notes, but there's also a map here that I wanna put up, this is about Colossi. Colossae was about 100 miles to the east of Ephesus. It was, and that is modern day Turkey. And this church, Colossae, this was a city that was very much on the decline at the point that Paul had written to it. It was uh, was a city which was no longer had the preeminence. It wasn't necessarily a a coastal city, and it didn't have all the draw that other cities had. What the 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 minerals and different things of that city were no longer needed. But there was still a lot of people that lived in Colossae. And there was this unique thing going on in Colossae. And you're gonna see this, and you're gonna see this as we go through this story because there's a message that has to be made clear here. The message is this. The message is the centrality of who Jesus is. But before Paul works on the message, he has to work on the messengers because you've got a group of people that are incredibly intimidated. The church is incredibly intimidated in in this book of Colossi, Colossians, at Colossae. Here's what's going on. You've got Roman ideology, which is very pagan, on the one hand. On the other hand, there's a cult that's there that took Jewish legalism, mixed it with Eastern mysticism, and some Greek philosophy. So on the one hand, over here on this extreme, you've got this group of people who essentially say, listen, the body doesn't matter, you really, the body doesn't sin, there's no sin with the body. And then over here, you've got this group of people that basically says, everything about the body is evil. Everything about the body is a bad thing. And, and you, you see asceticism where you're trying to, to live out a life of, not, of basically punishing the body. This one is basically indulging the body. And the church is here, not even really in the middle. What the church is, is trying to be truthful in the midst of this. And you've got a group of believers that are incredibly intimidated by these two different worldviews. So this is what he says. He says, he says, this is, you're in Christ and at Colossae. You're in Christ and at Colossae. Are you going to be intimidated? Are you gonna step back and not be faithful with the message? Or will you be faithful with the message? I, I, I saw uh, the news, and Anita loves to watch the news. I don't like to watch the news, but I like to watch Sports Center. And, and But Anita likes to watch the news. So we were watching the news the other night at 11 o'clock, and, and like the lead story was, there was a fight at a church basketball game. And you guys see this? There was a fight at a church basketball game and, and the team from Alabama that was losing to the, the team from Lithonia beat the referee up. I, I used to officiate high school basketball uh, when I was in college and, and I would also officiate church basketball and I was, I was officiating this one game and this guy fouled, and I called a foul, and he turned around, and he cursed me. And I said, you're out of the game. And, and the league director walks over, and he goes, you can't, you can't kick this guy out of the game. I said, "Why?" he goes, it's the pastor. And, and, and I said, well, he's leaving or I'm leaving, okay? You know, you can choose. But, but, and, and I went over to the pastor, and I said, look, okay, I'm gonna give you a break here, but you need to understand this. We only get in the paper if we do something really dumb. Nobody cares about church basketball okay, so you may think this is important, but it's not, okay, so this made the paper the other night, but here's what's so interesting, if you saw the video, there's another official over there, and as, the, as these guys are beating up the referee, the other referee like walks away, he's on his own, they're, they're so intimidated by this group of teenagers that they, they walk away, the church is intimidated he's saying you, you got to step up so here's the thing you got to do what do you see here a lion what else do you see here this isn't like one of those like subliminal things okay it's just it's what it, okay this doesn't mean like you're weird if you think you see like something else okay what do you see there yeah you know what none of you guys said a black picture frame I said, what did you see, didn't I? Yeah. So, so this is the thing. They're in, they're at Colossae, but they're in Christ. Which of those things is the bigger thing to them? This is the question we ask every day. Listen, you're at Grayson, you're at Archer, you're, you're at Lawrenceville, you're, you're, you're at Decula, but you're in Christ. Amen. We've got all kinds of ats. We don't necessarily choose the ats in our life. You, you're at a, a low point in your life. You're at, you got fired. You're, you're, you're at, you're battling cancer. You're at those things, but you're in Christ. What will be your central identity? Is it the frame? You know, I would be very disappointed. Uh, Sandy Luttrell paint, made this for me. She, I've got three different things that she made. It's just amazing artwork. And I posted last week, he has risen on my Facebook page. That was a Sandy Latrell picture that she had made for me. I, I would be so disappointed if you walked in and said, boy, that's a beautiful picture frame. Now, you can spend more on a picture frame than on a picture. There's a lesson in that. This is what the church is battling. This is what they're dealing with here. Now, watch what, watch what else he does here. Because he begins with blessings. We thank God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for the saints because of the hope. We've got faith, hope, and love. I put some other scriptures in there. This is a central thing to the writings of Paul is faith, hope, and love. It's not just 1 Corinthians 13. So there's there's other scriptures in there, a place that you can go back this week, maybe in your small groups, and take a look at some of these texts. He said, which has come to you indeed in the whole world, because this is the gospel, It's bearing fruit. It's increasing as it does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned from Ephesus, Paul has not been to Colossians, to Colossae. I don't think he goes to Colossae. He writes this from prison in Rome, by the way, which is incredibly graceful. If I was in prison and, listen, if I was in jail and you guys were messing up, I would not be so kind in my words. I would be like, I am in jail for you. You should feel some guilt here, okay, and straighten up. But Paul writes this with such incredible gentleness. And he's writing to the church in Christ at Colossae. From Ephesus, who is this leader, the beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. Listen, he's just building them up. And then you get the Paul plan of prayer. This is the Paul plan of prayer. This is how you fix the messenger. This is how you fix the, me- this is how you raise your kids. This is how you coach your teams. This is, this is how you, you build up your marriage. Watch what he does here, okay? Because the first thing he does is he says, there is an incredible challenge. There's expectation, that's the first thing. Huge expectation. There's so much expectation here. Listen, this is what he's saying. You, listen, I'm gonna give you a challenge so big you can't do it if Jesus isn't in the middle of it. This is gonna be such a big challenge. This is what, this is what you say to a team when you're coaching a team. Listen, the team that, the, you get beat by teams lesser than you because you don't have your players ready to play that team. You can't look past people University of Kentucky Basketball. We lost in the first round. It's humiliating. 15-seeded team. Had National Player of the Year. Four guys going in the NBA, and we lost to this team. Overlooking this team. Looking past them. Not looking past. Listen, you got an impossible task here. It's gonna require your very best. Look at what he says. Here's the first thing. From the day we heard, we have not ceased to what? pray for you. Underline that word. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So he's saying, I'm going to pray for you that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. That's the big prayer, church. That's the prayer for our kids, that they would know the will of God, not not the circumstances is the smaller thing. The thing they're going through is the smaller thing. It is that they would know the will of God. They would know the desires of God. What is a will? A will is the written down desires, the testament, a written desire of the will, that they would know the will of God, that they would, look at this next thing. It says, so they would, you might wanna underline this too. You are You might just underline the whole book. So you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Wow, what a call. Fully pleasing to him. Now, here's the automatic response to walking in a manner worthy of God. What's the next thing it says is gonna happen? You're gonna bear fruit. You're gonna bear fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge. This is It's both of those things. It's not works, it's not knowledge. Some parts of the church are all about you need to do these things. Some parts of the church is about you need to know these things. It's about the good works and it's increasing in knowledge. And then look what it says. Being strengthened, so there's the next one. Being strengthened, this is my prayer, that you would would know the will of God, you would walk in a manner, that there would be fruit in your life, you would be strengthened with all power, but not according to your effort, according to what? His glorious might, now watch this, because a lot of Christians miss this next thing, endurance and patience. Listen, we're good on talking about endurance and patience, but what's the next thing it says? With what? With joy. If this thing's not fun, you're missing it. it this, is, this is why every day in my devotions, I, I write these, I write H-L-G-K, high, low, gratitude, what am I thankful for, and kairos. Where did I see God at work? And sometimes I have to sit there and think about it for a minute. Lord, did I see you at work today? And it's like, oh. Sometimes it's blank, and then you go back the next day or the next week, and you see that God's been at work in your life. You see that God's been using you in your life. You don't even know it's there. You've been playing basketball with a bunch of guys, and then you guys went and helped a wedding this week. You didn't even know that. Yeah, you did You. Sometimes it takes time to see what God is doing. This is the Paul plan. The first thing he's doing is he is building these guys up, and then it says what? To give thanks, giving thanks to the Father who has, look at this, because we're getting ready to go into the revelation. We've been at the expectation. I'm expecting this of you. You can't do this on your own, but now I want you to know you've got this. How do you know you've got this? Because he says, who has qualified you. There is an ongoing conversation he's having with the church who feels like they're not qualified. No, listen, you are qualified. You are totally qualified. He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now watch this, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Again, I left some some notes there for you, some scriptures that you can look up on your own this week that talks about the delivery of the domain of death. I could preach three weeks on that line. There's so many references in there to the the Egypt story. Delivered you from the domain of death. What did did God's people, when they're in the wilderness, I was in the wilderness just three weeks ago, and I'm I'm like, okay, now I kind of understand why they wanted to go back to Egypt, because it is wilderness. They kept saying, "We, we could go back there. What were they there? They were slaves. Delivered from the domain of slavery, of darkness. You're no, that's not who you are anymore. Don't look at yourself this way anymore. Church, listen to me. You are not identified by your failures. Amen. Delivered from the domain of darkness. And then you are transferred, you can clap to that, it ain't me. Transferred to the kingdom, look at this, of the beloved son. He doesn't just take you from somewhere, he puts you somewhere. And then, and then look at this, because this is so important. In whom we have redemption. He has changed everything. It is so much a matter of perspective. My, um, my old pastor, Joel Hunter, used to tell this story about Grant Taft, the football coach at Baylor. And he had all his graduate assistants in and it was, it was time to go do recruiting. The season, was over, and they were gonna go do recruiting. And he got his graduate assistants in the room. He said, guys, you're gonna go out there today and you're gonna, you're gonna see guys that are gonna get knocked down and they're gonna stay down. Graduate assistant in the back of the room. We don't want those guys, do we, coach?" That's right, son, we don't want those guys. Then you're gonna go out there and you're gonna see guys who get knocked down and get back up. Knocked down and get back up, but eventually they're gonna stay down. We don't want those guys, do we, coach? No, you're right, son. But then you're gonna see guys who are gonna go out there and they get knocked down and get back up and knocked down and get back up and knocked down and get back up. And every time they get knocked down, they get back up. And the graduate says, stands up and goes, we want those, don't we, coach? He goes, no, silly, we want the guys that are knocking them down. That's who we want. But sometimes you're down. A lot of times we're down. A lot of times, we're not the ones doing the knocking down. We're the ones who've gotten knocked down. And when you get into that place, and you can't, in the words of you two, make it on your own, you need help. And I'm so thankful we have a thing called CR here at New Hope, and we've got three people from CR that are gonna come up and share a word of testimony this morning, so um, you guys, come on up here. I'm so excited and so happy that, of what God's been doing here, and Deb's gonna get us started, you're gonna go first?
2: I guess I'm the,
1: hello? They're not gonna turn you on until you walk past that speaker, or we'll see whales talk, it'll sound like whales talking to each other, so. I'm the first guinea pig. <laughs> okay, there you go, you're the first hero. She also is a Gwinnett County bus driver, and got baptized last week, I'm so proud of her, so this is Deb.
2: I, um, yesterday, we went to Warner Robins, eight of us, um, for a leadership conference uh, with uh, Celebrate Recovery. It was just the most amazing day that I've ever spent um, with my fellow people, my fellow CR people, but um, I have four minutes. Actually, I have three minutes now, so (laughs) I'll get started here. Um, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can change, you can start where you are and change the ending. And C.S. Lewis said that. Pastor John Baker, actually I need to put my glasses on. Pastor John Baker from Saddleback Church encourages us to allow our pain to uh, help others as part of our Step 8 work. One of the ways we do this is to accept our mission, tell our story, and consider the benefits of sharing. We need to be humble and real. A person has no idea how God will use the ingredients of your story to change someone else's life. Principle eight, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. Step 12. Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. I am a believer in Christ who's victorious from a divorce, childhood abuse, self-esteem, and years of not being able to forgive myself. I currently have struggles with depression, anxiety, Food issues and many other issues. My name is Deborah. My story begins um, when I first arrived in Georgia. I started out in a divorce care program, in which um, I was invited by a very d- dear friend from Snellville campus, who told m- who I had told more of my story to, and invited me to celebrate recovery. That was summer of 2015. At that time, I never dreamed where I would be seven years later, standing in front of all of you. But I'm running out of time, but I wanna tell you how C.R. has made a difference in my life. I was at the lowest of low when I came here. And C.R., with the help of others, allowed me to find out who I really was, a sister in Christ and that I am a daughter of the King and that um, it's, it's all about him and his glory. And I found a way I had carried a burden with me for 30 years and I found a way through Christ to be able to forgive myself for what I had done. And I just, you know, CR is just so amazing, and I just can't say enough about it. Um, They hold us up. You know, we have an awesome prayer team. We have awesome leadership that all we have to do is reach out. And if you have the ears to hear, um, we would love to see you on Tuesday nights. Um, Another thing, I, I wanna explain this, I ride a Yamaha Roadstar 1700, (laughs) and in extension extension of of what CR is all about, they also have a group called Broken Chains, and I have broken my chains, and um, these people are just amazing. Um, We're all, mostly all riders, and um, they are just a wonderful set of people to fellowship with, and we all love God. So, thank you.
3: Good morning. America, I'm a grateful believer in Christ. Uh, you know, Celebrate Recovery is often misunderstood. People think of recovery and they're like, oh, well, you got to have an addiction or some sort of substance abuse problem to be a part of that, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, when I started in Celebrate Recovery, it was all about mental illness, depression, anxiety, self-worth, and a whole host of other issues I was dealing with. But through the CR program, i worked past all of that. There was, I've been involved in the program almost two years now, about almost a year out of my step study. And February 10th of this year, my younger brother passed away, uh, And honestly, you know, not trying to take anything from Pastor Randy, because Lord knows I love him. Uh, Same thing with my men's group; not trying to take anything from them. But honestly, I don't know how I would have gotten through it without it being through CR. Every day, someone on the leadership team was calling me, checking on me, just saying, "Hey, you know, how you doing? Is there anything you need? You know, can we do anything for you? You know, CR is truly a family." And as Deb said, we just spent all day yesterday together, and a lot of the people I hadn't seen outside of CR, and they're the same. It's not like there's something different when they're there and when they're away from CR. So we would truly love to have anybody, whatever hurt, habit, or hang up you're battling, come out, see us, check it out. Thanks.
0: Good morning, New Hope. Is this on? Yeah. Good morning, New Hope. I'm Jazz, I'm a grateful believer of Jesus Christ. I'm celebrating recovery over self-harm, substance abuse, and tobacco use. I currently struggle with mental health and anger. Bear with me, I'm pregnant and I cry a lot. I grew up in a home full of toxic love, abuse, as well as addiction. After a near-death experience with my mom, I got saved at 14 years old. After a sexual tragedy at 18, I turned my back on Jesus for 10 years, and I lived in total sin and darkness. At 28, I finally surrendered, recommitted my life to Christ, and got baptized. But by then, I had piled on so much hurt, bad habits, hang-ups, addiction, and PTSD that I didn't know how to let go of most of it. So I lived one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus, slowly allowing God to change me from the inside out. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1.13. I believe after truly surrendering to God, and allowing him to slowly transform my life. At 30, God blessed me with my amazing husband, Mike, who couldn't be here today because he's taking care of my sick daughter. At 32, I overcame cervical cancer, and I was blessed to have my daughter, MJ, and Autumn. Overwhelmed with my life and all the changes and the new responsibilities, I fell back into my old ways And I feared losing my new little family. So we moved away from Miami Vice into Georgia. At 34, admitting I was powerless over my addiction and that my life had become unmanageable, I found Celebrate Recovery, a 12-step Christian program to help me heal from my hurts, habits, and hangups. I have been celebrating victories over mental health and addiction for four years now. Celebrate Recovery has not only changed my life for the better, but allows me to share my story to be a beacon of hope and a light to others. Recovery is sincerely for every person in this room struggling with some sin and is a forever lifestyle of bettering yourself and yielding yourself to be used by God. We must face our demons. We must surrender them to the Lord every day always confessing and asking him to remove all our shortcomings and our character defects, which is known as step seven. I am honored to be a Celebrate Recovery leader at Grace New Hope, and I encourage other women who are dealing with anything they wanna give up, shed, and heal from, to attend our Celebrate Recovery here on Tuesday nights from 6 to 9 p.m. I will end with 2 Corinthians 12 9. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. So I now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. I pray blessings over all of your lives and your weaknesses. Thank you so much for letting me share.
1: It's an insurmountable challenge, but you got this because I got you. That's what he says to us. You got this because I got you. Look, look at the next. Look at the next verses. It talks about your. If you got a chapter heading in your Bible, verse fifteen, a, a paragraph heading, it would probably say the preeminence of Christ. But understand this: He's talking about the preeminence of Christ for the hope that we would have, yeah, you're facing this huge challenge. A challenge that, that no one could, could handle on their own. But you got this. I have every confidence you have this. Why, look at this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is about him being fully God. For by him all things were created in heaven on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things in him. All things hold together. Not through our fears and our anxieties do we hold life together. Through him. He is the head of the body, the church. The the holy, catholic, universal church. You could put a capital C if it's got a little c in your Bible there. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. Now look at that. He is fully god now look at look at the next thing for in him all the fullness that's repetitive and the way, that's one word in the greek and that one word in the greek all the fullness is saying this it's the quality and the quantity of god all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell think about that this this next the those those other verses were about him being fully god but he's also fully man I'm gonna be honest, I wrestle with that a little bit. He, he shows us, he shows us he's fully man because he shows us what it means to be human. We keep looking at other humans trying to figure out what it means to be human. We have to look to Jesus to figure out what it means to be human. We think about that word sovereignty. I say that word sovereign, and, and if you've been around the church for a while, you think it's about control, and it is about control. It is about power, but he's just as sovereign in his love as he is in his power. I don't think when you say the word sovereign, I don't think love is the first word that pops into our head, but it's just as much about the love of Jesus as it is the power and authority of Jesus. It says, and, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. Listen, this is the purpose of Jesus. Fully God, fully human in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. You, you got this. You totally got this. But you don't get it by looking in the rearview mirror. You get it by looking in the windshield. Amen. Forgetting Philippians 3.13, forgetting what is behind. I press forward, I press onward to the upward call of Christ. You got this. When I was 16 and two weeks, I had my first car wreck. I was driving my little Datsun pickup. I had my, while I had my learner's permit, worship team, you guys can make your way up. I'm almost done. While I, was, I had my learner's permit, I fixed my little Datsun pickup up. I had those white wagon wheels. You remember those, those, those white spoked wheels? And I had, I had 60s on it. All the way around, I could. It didn't have power steering. I could barely turn the wheel, and I mean, because it had those big tires on it, and and it was bright orange, like bright, bright orange. And I waxed that thing. On, I mean, I had speakers in it with lights that would flash when the bass was. I mean, I, I, I had this. This little truck was was bad. It was it was a, it was an awesome truck, and and I'm driving the truck down the road. My dad was with me. I had one of those those. Um, those saddle blanket seat covers. I mean, this this truck was ready to go. And I'm driving down the road and this car pulls out and blocks the road. I had nowhere to go. And I I tried to go around this this turn. I mean, we were going 55. This is as what the speed limit was back then. It took 3 years to go anywhere. And when the speed limit was 55, I I and I I tried to miss the car that was sitting in the middle of the road and was, came across two-lane road, stopped in the middle of the road. I had nowhere to go. I tried to make the turn that he started to make and I got the truck sideways and slid about 50 feet into another car. My dad goes, you okay? I said, yeah, he goes, great job. Gets out and stops the car, because he was sheriff, you know, and, and stopped the car that, was, that had blocked the road and everything. So my little pickup truck gets towed to my uncle's car repair shop, which was literally in the most conspicuous place in town. It's sitting there at the railroad tracks. There's a turnaround at the railroad tracks and you could could go over the tracks or you could turn around and go back into town and people just did a big turnaround there. And my little truck is sitting there with its white wagon wheels, bright orange. You couldn't miss it. It's sitting there, windshield broke. I mean, it's just a total mess whole sides all banged up and and it's sitting there. I'm in my mom's restaurant it's Saturday morning and my dad was there and and this this guy uh, who always had something to say about everything goes um goes you only had your license what? A month? I said 2 weeks. <laughs> Already had your first wreck. Yeah oversteered didn't you that's what they all that's what kids do they they go off the road oversteered I said no no sir I did I didn't oversteer I, A car was blocked in the road I had't know where to go and he goes oh you panicked my dad stood up and goes he didn't panic Randy doesn't panic he goes he saved our life he goes he goes you couldn't have done what he did he goes he put that car in a side in a, in a side slide, took all the energy out. Nobody even got hurt. He goes, I don't think I could have done that. We went and got in the car. Now, he did drive um, from there, but <laughs> but we went and got in the car. I thought about that this morning. I was thinking through the story. And, and I said, Dad, did I really do that right? He goes, yeah, you did it right. I said, I'm gonna be honest, Dad. I... I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I just. You always told me don't hit anybody straight on. I was just trying to not hit anybody straight on. He goes, you knew exactly what you were doing. He said, you remember when you were fourteen, and we took the truck out in the field in the mud? I said, yeah. And it spun out, and I got the truck stuck. He said, yeah. You were learning what to do. He goes, you didn't panic then, did you? I said, no. But there was nothing to hit, and you were with me, and. And you had me doing this. He goes, Yeah. A year later, I'm driving my little truck, now all repaired, around a corner in Kentucky. It was January. Had friends in the front, and I mean, this is how redneck I was friends in the back, all right, (laughs) inside the little topper. I come around a corner, and it, it had snowed earlier, but the snow was all melted, but I come around a corner. And there had been shadow and there was a slick where where it had melted and and frozen back. And I come around the corner and I saw it and I started slowing down. And when I hit the ice, I took my feet off the brake because I knew I was supposed to do that. And I got ready and my little truck went sideways. And you know the words I heard in my head? Randy doesn't panic. Listen, he says to you, this task ahead of you is impossible, but you got this because I got you. So whatever it is, he's got you. We're gonna sing a song over you right now. There is communion in the wings and in the back And as you take communion, and we will have it in the front too, it's self-serve on the wings in the back and served up here. This is what I want you to hear as Sarah sings this song over you. You've got this, whatever it is. This is what the first chapter's about. You've got this because he's got you, whatever it is. That's why he said we take communion because we remember his body, his blood, the sacrifice that he makes for us. So whatever it is, just just give it to him, just be faithful, just walk in a manner worthy of Christ, which is impossible maybe in the situation that you're in, unless God's with you, unless God's inside of you, and he is, Jesus, you are preeminent, you are all those things. We could we could there there aren't enough books to talk about your greatness. And here's the amazing thing. You are with us. We are not alone. And you take us through challenges and you take us through struggles and and sometimes we don't know why and then a year later when we walk into another one and we're ready for the one that we're in now, we understand. And here's the amazing thing. When we're in the midst of it, you say, open your eyes and look around and see who's around you because they're going through it too. And they need to see somebody that can say, I got this. Because they know that you have us. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Myrna Brown.